No, it's uh, you got most of you guys know I was traveling. Um, talking to my good friend over here, Brother Lewis. He's telling me how hot it was over here. I came from the desert, it was 121 degrees. It's hot. And when Brother Lewis kept telling me it was really, really hot over here, I just was, couldn't believe it after being in 121 degree weather. It's like 121, 118. I was like, cut it out, man. It's not that hot. You know what? I love my brother, man. I appreciate him. And, and God is so good and he's faithful. And I'm thankful for the blood. Thankful for the blood because it cleansed me. It washed me and it took some things away. And it's a covering. It's a covering. And I, I'm not going to take a lot of time, <clears throat> but I want to share some things that, that, a Lord, that the Lord allowed me to see. And if you're like I am, and I believe that you are, God has given us eyes to see. And I'm not just talking about in the natural because most of us can see, but spiritually. And, and if we remain open and our spirit is open to the things of God and how he's working and how he's operating in the place that he takes you, you'll begin to see things in the spiritual. And some, sometimes they're just not, they're not really evident. They're not just jumping out right away. And, you know, when I went to go visit my family, that's, you know, well, the intention on my mind was to visit my family, you know, just to visit. And, uh, you know, I, I, I guess to say, I, I don't want to say, say, say it carefully. Um, I wasn't looking for opportunity, but it came. Something came and it came out of nowhere. I don't want to say it came out of nowhere because it came from somewhere. It originated somewhere. And um, I want to share a little bit about that. But, you know, first I want to. I have a couple of things that was that the Lord was talking to me about. They're just questions. Have the Lord has the Lord ever questioned you? Asked you questions? And one of the questions he asked me was, and, and some of us can probably relate to this, is have you ever done something that you couldn't forgive yourself for? Have you ever done something that you could not forgive yourself for? He's asked me that. Um, second question he asked me was, has anyone ever done something to you? that you haven't forgiven them for. And, uh, you know, they're, they're difficult. It can be, they used to be difficult questions for me because I have been in that place of unforgiveness. That's what I'm gonna call it because that's what it is. It's unforgiveness of self. It's unforgiveness of people, rights, wrongs. And, um, you know, I experienced these things early on in my walk with God, um, walking in a place of unforgiveness not being able to let go of some things, holding on to some things and say, I wanna, wanna hold on to that. I'm not ready to let go of that. But when God begins to work and begin to operate in your life, he, a lot of times he wants to deal with some places of unforgiveness in our lives. And, um, you know, most of us that have grown up, we've, you know, I don't know your situations, your circumstances or what that looked like. But, um, you know, growing up, there was a lot of places of unforgiveness in my life. And as I became an adult, even in my walk with God, um, there's some places sometimes where I begin to question um, my my forgiveness and my unforgiveness um, because sometimes I want to hold on to things. And I'll give an example. Um, sometimes when we watch our children struggle and we watch them go through things and we know that we caused a lot of that because of our upbringing, the way we grew up, the way we thought, the way we lived. And it affected a generation. It affected a generation. And these generational curses, you watch them and you're like, oh, my gosh, like, what have I done? You know, and we us, we, sometimes we want to fix things. We want to we want to repair it and bring things all back into the way we think that they should be. But God has a purpose and he has a plan for everything that he does. 
And um, so I'll share briefly this story. Um, went to California, probably the second night there. Um, second night there, my brother was there. My mom was there. Uh, my grandma and my grandpa. Just all five of us were there. And um, I was sitting down talking with my grandfather. We we're just sitting down and he's getting a lot older now. He's, he's walking really, really slowly. And um, I look over to my brother and my mom and I can see them clearly sitting at, a, at, the, at, the, at the table talking. And my brother begins to erupt in, in crying. He's, he breaks out in, in tears. And I hear him saying some words. So I get up and I walk over there. Um, because my brother, you know, it's my mom. Um, there's something going on and I, I want to be a part of that. I want to see what's happening over there. And so I get up and my grandma's there. And my grandma looks over at me and she gives me these eyes like, hey, you need to get over here right now, you know? And uh, my brother begins to say some things. And you know, like I've, I've always been, I wanna say transparent about my story, my testimony, my family. If it can help somebody, then let, allow that to happen. Um, allow the Lord to minister to your spirit and to your life because he wants to heal you in some areas and some places of unforgiveness. And, um, you know, the Lord dealt with me almost nine years ago with my family, with unforgiveness and, and you know, forgiving. And so um, what I witnessed that night, you know, I've had many, many conversations with my brother about forgiveness and, you know, have you forgiven? And he says, oh, yeah, bro, you know, I'm, I'm over it. I'm past it. And I think a lot of times that's a lot of us. We say, oh, I'm, I'm good. Um, I don't feel that anymore. I've let that go. And uh, sometimes I don't always think that that's true because of what I'd seen. You know, we may say that it's okay and that everything's right and everything feels good, but you begin to talk about that situation, talk about it with somebody that you care about and see what kind of emotion it stirs up or what kind of feeling it stirs up in you. And then you'll truly know if you've forgiven or gotten over it. You know, so what I was watching was my brother making some statements out loud about his own son about how he doesn't want to listen, how his son lashed back out at him, about how horrible of a father he was. And uh, my son wanted, my father, I mean, my brother wanted to strangle his son when he said that, wanted to whip him, you know, do whatever he was going to do, but he said that he didn't. He didn't do those things. But when he began to talk about his childhood, he told my, he told my mother, he says, you know, what he said to his son, you've never grown up without your parents, so you don't know what that feels like. And all of this emotion started to rise up in him. He was crying. It was coming out. My mom starts crying. She's going off, like just crying. And, and these words, I'm sure, because my mom's still addicted to drugs to this day. I went over there, and she was still high, but I loved her. I loved her because she's my mother and I loved her because God allows me and gives me the ability to love someone in their condition and in their state. And so the same with my brother. And so my mom, you know, my grandma begins to pray for my, my brother and I come over and I begin to pray as a covering over all three of them. My grandfather sitting over on the sofa, he gets up and he walks over and uh, he, we all begin to pray with each other. Now that's something I would have never imagined in my life, ever. 
ever. But, you know, I have such a, a peace and a liberty and a forgiveness within me. I didn't feel anything that was wrong. I didn't feel like, oh my gosh, it's just bringing up so much pain and so many bad memories. I didn't feel that and I thank God for that. But I knew what they were feeling. I knew what they were feeling. I knew what my brother was feeling. And I knew what my mother was feeling. And my mother looked right at me and she said, son, I'm sorry, you know, forgive me. And you know, there's one thing about forgiveness that I've learned is, is that I don't wanna take that away from somebody if they're willing to say, forgive me, I've made a mistake. Because what I, what I mean by that is sometimes when someone tells us that I'm sorry, we can say, it's okay, don't worry about it. Um, it's not necessary. And therefore pushing back their, their forgiveness and not allowing them the opportunity to, to forgive. And so when my mother said that to me, even though I'd already forgiven her years ago, I still took it from her because I wanted to take that from her, not allow her to continue to hold on to these places of unforgiveness. And so um, we began to pray one for another. And I felt, and I was speaking, I was saying, God, I'm believing right now that you're breaking generational curses. This ends today. This ends right now. It's not going to continue to happen. It's not going to continue to, to affect a generation. Because we all, so a lot of us in here have children, whether they're older or they're younger. We have watched, some of us have watched our children struggle and that are still struggling today. And it's difficult. It's difficult to watch it. It's difficult to witness it. But um, in this place of forgiveness, the Lord gave me this scripture in Matthew chapter 6, verse 14. <clears throat> I'm so thankful that God forgave me, that he washed me of my sin through the waters of baptism with his precious blood. Um, verse 14 says, for if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. He goes on to say, the writer goes on to say, but if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your father forgive you your trespasses. You know, um, seeking forgiveness um, through the waters of baptism, the washing and the cleansing of sin. The, the Lord is washing these things away from us and saying, hey, I've, I've forgiven you for all of the way that you've lived, all of the things that you've done. Um, they're, they're washed away. You are new. And as I'm, I'm experiencing this with my family, I'm realizing that, you know, We've all come to this place of forgiveness because there was a lot of anger, a lot of hate, a lot of bitterness. I mean, I, I'm sure I, I've shared years ago that my, I didn't talk to my grandfather for 20 years, 20 years, because I hated him, couldn't stand him. I wish he wasn't a part of my life. And, you know, when I seen him just again, you know, I got so much love for that man. I hugged him, I hugged his neck, I kissed him. I held him by his cheeks and I told him how much I loved him. I didn't like my upbringing. And I know a lot of us young men and children growing up, we, we don't like things that are being taught to us. Sometimes we say this, when I get older, I'm gonna do for my kids what different than what my parents did for me. I'm gonna do something different. And a lot of times that's, that can be true. And a lot of times we'll find ourselves doing the same things that our parents did to us growing up. But as I hugged this man, I had to, I, I, I felt a love for him because 
not just because he's frail and because he's old. I'm not holding him in this place of unforgiveness like I did in the past. You know, you did this to me and I, you did that to me and, and I am the way that I am because of you. I am the way that I am because of him though. I am. And I am the way that I am today because of my mother. And you know, both had a different belief system. But in seeing that, when I told him that, he began to weep. When I told him all of the things that he did that have marked my life, um, my work ethic. I mean, most people know that do know me know that I just don't not miss work. I'm there every single day. Um, I'm, I'm never late. I don't think I've ever been late to my job in probably eight years that I've been out of prison. Um, I go to work sick, um, but it's a, a it's a it's something that my grandfather instilled in me. He said, if you want to work, he said, go knock on doors and tell people if you can cut their grass. I remember that. I want to share that with you guys. That's what he that's what he did to me. And I, I, he said, you want money? Go get a paper route. He's teaching me things that I didn't understand back then. He taught me morals. He taught me values. But did I treasure those early on in my life? Absolutely not. Rebellious. Rebellion. I just, I didn't want to listen to anybody, especially somebody telling me what to do. And I still struggle with that today, sometimes with people telling me what to do. You know, and God's working on me in that area, but being honest and transparent. Um, you know, and when the Lord reveals that to and illuminates that to me, I feel it inside. You know, I, I know that the God's, the Lord's examining me, he's changing these things about me, but you know, in that moment, talking with my family, um, I don't, I didn't feel any, any pain, if I can say it that way. I didn't feel that. Before I felt that, a lot of tears, a lot of emotion, a lot of crying, and oh my gosh, you know, and, and, and it was just, but you know, in our walk with God, we come that way also. We come weeping and crying at the altar in forgiveness and in repentance. Lord, forgive me. I, I've made mistakes. I, I changed my life, transform it, renew my mind. I want to live different. I want to be different. I want to communicate differently. We come those way. And we have such a loving father that he would forgive us of our sins daily, daily. It's daily, you know, and if he would forgive us, we must forgive others that we have done wrong and those that have done us wrong. I said this the other night in my anger management class, um, when I was teaching the class, I said to the, I said to people, you know, when I began to ask people or tell people that I've forgiven them, I did it without expectation. I did it without expecting someone to tell me, Hey, I'm sorry too. You know, I made a mistake too. And there I did this and this and this to you. So I, I'm sorry. And so, uh, and if that opportunity came, like I said, I'd give people that opportunity to, to say that, but I wasn't looking for that. What I knew and what I was ready for was a let go. God, I'm giving this to you. Thank you for the opportunity to allow me to walk in it, to walk to, and, and talk to the people, not confrontational, not confrontational, but in love yeah. and in love. But this is a place that God will prepare you for. Because if you're not prepared for it and it's not ordained and God doesn't take you there, it's going to hurt you. It's going to hurt you. And it's going to take you maybe a couple of step backs because you're just, 
they're not ready because sometimes people may not always say the things that you want to hear. I didn't do that to you. I never did that. That's not true. You're lying. You made that up. It's fabricated. Um, and those things can be cutting and then it becomes confrontational. It becomes anger. It becomes even more bitterness. But, um, you know, uh, you know, when I looked at my brother, I thought about what he said the many times that I've asked him, Elder, I asked him many times, bro, are you good? Like, have you forgiven mom? Have you forgiven dad? Have you forgiven grandma and grandpa? And he's like, yeah, bro, I'm good, man. We're, you know, everything's, and I didn't see that that night. I seen a, I seen a man who was still hurting 44 years later, 44 years later. I hugged my brother. I hugged him. I loved, I loved him. I prayed over him. And, and, and that's just something, a place that God's taken me, the opportunity is he's allowed me to have. And I believe in each and every one of our lives, he's going to give us opportunity unexpectedly at times. You're going to see something. You're going to see people weeping. You're going to see people crying, a stranger, a loved one. And we have opportunity to get up or just sit there because I could have just sat there. I could have just sat there, but I didn't, but you know, it was such a beautiful thing. And, and I'm thankful for that. I just wanted to share that with some of you guys. I, I think it's, it's encouraging to know that for those that are walking in these places of unforgiveness, um, of bitterness, of hate, of fault finding, of finger pointing back and forth, it's your fault. It's his fault. It's their fault. Um, you know, the, the, the true repentance and change has to come right here. And it begins at an altar of sacrifice and allowing yourself to put those things on the altar and allowing God to consume those things. Because sometimes it's a struggle to get here. It's a struggle to get here. It's a struggle to have that outward expression to God. It's a struggle. It's a struggle. But it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be a struggle. We make it difficult. Our flesh makes it difficult. We want all these things from God, but we're not willing to. And I say that out of experience. I'm not finger pointing. I don't know anybody's situation. I say this out of experience. And, you know, because I resisted, I fought, I rebelled. And, and most of you know, I came here part of the church about 13 years ago, sat in the back. And I was like, this is not for me, man. I think all these people are crazy. They're in here crying. I don't know why they're crying. Um, and I just kept looking at my watch because I wanted to get out. And I got out all right. I left for about six years. I went to prison for six more years. And I knew this little church that I'd come to and the men that I'd met um, for that brief moment. When I went back to prison, it wasn't immediate change. It was not. For the first three and a half years that I was in there, I was still doing the same old thing. Messing up, doing drugs, living a lie living a lie, but I knew this church and I remember Elder Hart, Brother Tim and Sister Sally not giving up on me. Thank you for that. I appreciate that because I probably would not be here today. I guarantee you that my life would be lost in the streets, um, in drugs, in alcohol, and that's if someone hadn't taken my life um, because of the choices that I was making in the life that I was living. I'm fortunate today that there's people praying and there's people praying for each and every one of us. And I told my grandma this, too. It's reminded me of that. You know, um, I've heard Elder often say that someone has stand, stood in the gap and has prayed for us. When I was a young child and I used to come out of my room, I used to watch my grandma on her knees praying all the time, speaking in tongues, praying. Didn't know what it was, but I watched it for years growing up. 
when I'd seen her, I also did the same thing. I cupped her by her cheeks. I looked her in her eyes and I told her how much I loved her. And I thanked her for praying for me, for not giving up on me, for believing in me, because she's the one that gave me the scripture when I was in prison. Psalms 31, when I was a prison cell in the hole, go read it. Changed my life. The tears, the tears that fell out of my eyes were the biggest tears that I've ever seen fall out of my eyes on a book, on the Bible. I got on my knees and I gave it to God that day. And he took everything away from me, all my addictions. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't an immediate transformation. It takes time. It takes time. It takes a willingness and a committed to be, being committed to something. So if I'm going to ask you guys, if you would commit yourself to the things of God. I mean, it just takes a little effort on your part, right? A lifting of the hands, an outward expression. God, I love you. Lord, I worship you. I praise you. Thank you for the blood that was applied to my life. Thank you for covering my mind, my thoughts, my lifestyle, my actions. Thank you for the healing and transforming place that is taken in the lives of our families. He is a chain breaker. He's going to continue to change and change lives today as we commit ourselves, as we stand in the gap for those that are lost. Lord, I worship you tonight, God. I thank you for the power of your blood. I thank you for the forgiveness of sins. I thank you for loving me when I could not love myself. I thank you for the love that you put upon me and inside me for the people of God. I thank you for allowing me to love the lost, the broken, and the contrite. Lord, I thank you, Jesus. I pray for each and every one here tonight, for every family, for every daughter, for every son that is lost in the streets, God. For every soul, for our city tonight, Jesus. That your healing power would take place, God that we would know our place in our time in the kingdom of God, that you would use us, that you would use us as you desire, as we submit ourselves to you, as we humble ourselves to you, God, that opportunity would take place, Jesus. I thank you. I thank you and I praise you for the people of God today. I thank you for the men of God. I thank you for the covering that you've placed in our life today. For the man of God that you've put in our life today, I thank you, Jesus. I thank you and I praise you. I thank you all for allowing me the opportunity to share this with you. It's encouraging. It's not disappointing. Because if you think that hope is lost, it's not. We don't always see it right away. We don't see it. I'm telling you, this is a process of almost nine years where I sat in a home with my family and watched them all weep as I walked out the door to come back to Washington and, to, and, and say words to me like, I'm so proud of you, you know? And, you know, my, my joy came from him. It was beautiful to see that and hear that, but my joy comes from him. And I'm thankful for that. But thank you for allowing me the opportunity to share that. I'll put encourage this to somebody and spoke to somebody tonight. Amen. Walk in forgiveness, don't you? I want to walk in it every day of my life. You know, an opportunity for hurt will come almost every day if you're looking for it. 
But if I purpose, I just, I want to walk in forgiveness. I want to walk in forgiveness. I want to walk in forgiveness. And try to add to all that. I think it was beautiful what was shared. And the real life example of through time and you got the really short cliff notes, um, but it's been beautiful to watch and to see, and I'm not surprised at all. Really not. I'm not surprised at all. And um, I expected the Lord to do something on Brother Martin's trip, so I'm thrilled to hear that. I'm thrilled to hear that. I want to talk to you about that a little bit. Uh, I'm, I'm aware of the time. But I want to talk to you about that statement. I expected the Lord to do something on his trip. Um, I really did. I, we didn't talk a lot before his trip. He just simply told me he was going and we were aware. But I had faith for it. I think I sent a short message to him before he left about something to that end. About ministry. And uh, he is, Brother Martin is different than all of us, but he's no different than all of us. Did that make sense, what I just said? All right. Sister Marisol's different than all of us, but you're no different than all of us. All right. We're all unique, but we're all human. And if we've been buried in the water in the name of Jesus Christ, amen, amen. we've all been washed by the blood if you've been buried in his name. And if you've been filled with his spirit, that's where we're no different. Okay. Psalm chapter 40, verse 1 and 2. The psalmist said, I waited patiently for the Lord. I know you love that. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. We want him to hear our cry, but we don't want to wait patiently for him. Now watch. He climbed to me, heard, he brought me up also out of a horrible pit. Out of the miry clay, and he set my feet on a rock. You understand? He brought me out of the pit, brought me out of the miry clay. Said, Putting him on a rock means you won't sink in that again. You were always on ground that was unstable, but when he lifted him up, he said he put me on a stable place. We used to sing a song that came from that verse. We don't sing it anymore. I, I, I imagine somebody somewhere does, but we, we don't sing all these songs anymore, as you guys know. But the song said, he brought me out of the miry clay. He set my feet on a rock to stay. He put a song in my soul today, a song of praise. Hallelujah. There's a lot of good verses. I won't bore you. Uh, 
But it's beautiful. Those songs are true. They, I love songs that come out of the word of God. But I want you to see the next part. See, because we stop a lot at that. He set my feet on a rock. He, I cried out to the Lord. He heard me. He rescued me. He brought me up out of the pit. He brought me out of the clay. He put my feet on a rock. And we can all say, yes, amen. I believe that. But we missed the last part. And he established my goings. I want you to see that. I've read this verse a hundred, probably a thousand times. And somehow I've missed this part. I could quote the verse, but somehow I missed this part. He established my going. The Lord does not just bring you out of a life of sin and despair and set you on a rock to just let you stand there. You and I ended up in a pit and in the clay by choosing our own going. Is that true? We chose our own way, and that's how we ended up in the pit and in the clay. But he brought us out, set us on a firm place, and then he says, I established the goings. See, this is what we have to learn and believe and trust and know. When he brought me out, he didn't just bring me out to leave me. Now, if I let him, he begins to establish my going. Does this make any sense? I had no direction but he began to give me direction. I didn't know what to do, but now I know what to do. I don't understand everything. I don't have it all figured out. I don't know what next month's going to look like, but I know what to do today. He establishes my goings. Oh, so you know what he's going to do today? No, I don't have a clue what he's going to do today, but he establishes my goings. You mean you knew something was going to happen in California with Brother Mark? Well, I sure believed it because I believe God was establishing his going. Oh, so you had a prophetic word. No, I didn't have a prophetic word. I had the declared word of God. God would establish his goings. Do you think this is just true for one or two of us? All of us that will yield to his spirit that dwells in us, he will establish our goings. You know, what happens is we just don't have an awareness that he's establishing them. Or... We decide, Lord, I don't want you to. I'm going to establish my own going today because I got some things to do. He wants to establish your going daily. This is the design of God. You say, well, that sounds like control. That's what he'd like to do. But that's not a bad thing. Remember when you were in control of your life and he wasn't a part of it? Yeah, let him have control. That sounds a lot better. I remember... Um, when I got just a little bit older, but I was still younger than I am young now. I sent a picture to my friend the other day. My daughter and I went hiking. We were up near Mount Rainier. There was snow in the background. I sent a picture to my friend, and my friend said, man, your hair is as wide as the snow on the mountain. It's like, it's a good thing you're 2,500 miles away, buddy. When I was younger, but I was, I was now an adult, but I was younger, I remember thinking, man, it would sure be nice. You know, I didn't, Brother Martin said, I didn't like my parents telling me, do this, don't do this, go here, don't go there. Man, then when I got a little older, I was like, man, I just wish somebody would just tell me what to do, and I have to make all these decisions. 
You might know what I'm talking about. I remember my oldest son came home from college and one of his friends came with him one summer. They weren't done with college. One of his friends came with him, visited for a short time. And uh, his friend was asking a question. I was telling him, you know, you, you need to do this. You need. And we got done later. My son was talking to me one-on-one. -on -one, he's like, dad, that's what I want you to do. I want you to just tell me what to do. And I'm like, can't do it. Why not? I'm like, you're at the place where you have to trust and you got to learn. See, here's the thing. I, I say that God will establish our goings. I want him to, but somehow we get this idea that it's his word. Now, go with me quickly. Proverbs chapter three. You, you can quote these verses, but we do you believe them is the question. I believe the word of God. We need this revelation now. I mean, like, really, we need this revelation now. Proverbs chapter three and verse number four. Trust in the Lord. Is that what it says? Is that the right one? Oh, no, that's the wrong one. Verse five. There you go. Again, you could quote this. Trust in the Lord with what? How much? All. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. That is difficult, isn't it? Lean not to your own understanding, but watch verse six. In what? All your what? Ways. In all your ways, that sounds like somewhere you're going. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And if you'll do that, if in all your ways you'll acknowledge him, what will he do? He'll do what? He will direct your path. Do you believe that? Well, you say it. Do you believe you can wake up in the morning and say, God, I acknowledge you. I can't do anything today of my own ability that's of any value to the kingdom, but you can. And so, God, if you will, direct, I'm acknowledging you. If there's somewhere where I don't acknowledge you, show me. But I want you to direct my paths. And your word said you would. And so I'm seeking to acknowledge you because I can't and I want you to. And he will. He wants to. He has obligated himself by his word to direct our path. The psalmist said he established my goings. He wants to do it for every single one of us. You know what? He's doing it for many of us. But some days we're just not aware. Some days we're just not aware. I was, Sister Sandra was telling me a story the other night. I love it. I love all these stories you guys share with me. She was telling me a story about working and, and this coworker, and she's sort of been reaching to and trying to find Avenue. And she sort of wanted to get her, see if she'd come to a Bible study and didn't really open up. And I'm probably butchering the story. Talk to Sister Sandra afterwards. You get all the details. And, uh, but they started walking together at work. Like, not while they're working, like they take breaks and walk together. <laughs> They, they, they started walking together at work. And while they're walking, guess what they're talking about? The word of God, the things of God. I'm like, man, just keep doing that Bible study. What's happening? The Lord's directing her paths. And that other lady doesn't know it, but she started acknowledging the Lord. And so he's starting to direct her path. See how this works? You get somebody that's lost, 
but knows they need God and starts praying, what are they doing? They're acknowledging God. God says, I got to direct their path. You say, oh, this must only work for people that are baptized in his name, filled with this. Oh, no. Anyone that acknowledges him, in whatever area they acknowledge him, he'll direct their path. And so this is why there can be someone that has very little interest in God, but believes in God. And God reaches to them, deals with their heart, and they cry out to him. And when they cry out to him, God's obligated by his word. He's like, they're acknowledging me in this situation. I have to direct their path. And what do you know? I'm going to direct their path, and they're going to come in contact with Brother Raphael. Now, I sure hope Brother Raphael's letting the Lord direct his path so he has awareness. Either his word is true or it's not. And if we acknowledge him, he'll direct our path. Now, you've, some of you heard me say this many, many times, but it just bears repeating so we don't forget. That's not, ooh, ah, the Lord is really directing my path. Ooh, oh, yeah, ooh, the spirit of the Lord is, I, I really, ooh, I got spirit, ooh. That's what we make it sometimes. And so we disqualify ourselves. No, I just need awareness and I trust his word. I'm a child of God, filled with the Spirit of God. And so as I go about my day, because I've acknowledged Him, I believe He's directing my path. I just need awareness. I need awareness. God, help me to be sensitive. Help me to be aware. Help me to believe this Word. Therefore, I'll be engaged with what you're doing and how you want to use me. I'll be with my family in California on vacation. I don't want God to stop directing my steps while I'm on vacation. Newsflash, don't take vacation from God. I want him directing my, those are my favorite times when I'm on vacation. I'm somebody I don't even know, random, like total deal. And like, we have this interaction. Uh, I don't have time to tell stories right now. We, we, we have to let God direct. He wants to do this every day. Every single day. You are salt and you are light in the earth. And he wants to direct your path. You want to be used of God? question he wants to use you and he said he'll direct your path and so we just need an awareness god you're direct i would start my day in the morning god this is the day you've made i will rejoice and be glad in it god i'm acknowledging you today the breath I have came from you. The life I have came from you. The blood pouring through me came. I have been washed in your blood. I've been filled with your spirit. I am not my own. I have been bought with a price. I belong to you. I pray direct my day today on the job, wherever I go, when I stop to get gas. God, direct my day today, where you want me to go, how you want me to go, who you want me to meet. Direct my day. Order my steps in your word. He wants to do this. He said he does this. Anybody think God doesn't do what he says? Can I just make it real and finish here? The Lord is beckoning us to be involved in what he's doing. That's what's happening. It's, you can probably tell it's eating me up. He's beckoning us to be involved in what he's doing every day. Every single day. Every single day. I got up yesterday morning and I prayed somewhere along those lines. And we, the Lord and I spent time together and talked about stuff and different things. And, and I, I just said, Lord, I want you to direct my day. And I had a meeting down in Union Gap that started at nine. And so 
I was finished. I, was, I thought, well, I'll, I'll probably go by and pick up a coffee to take down there to that branch I'm visiting. And But uh, I got an hour and 20 minutes. I'm going to go ahead and head out. Told my wife, bye. I love you. I'm going to head out. I'm going to turn on the phone and see if I'll get an Uber ride or something on the way. Maybe we'll see if the Lord wants to direct my steps to an Uber ride. And so I get one and I see the name. And I'm like, I know that name. Some people you get to learn. And so I see this person's name. Well, the interesting thing about this person, this is on Wednesday morning. The interesting thing about this person is a week and a half before I had picked this person up for the first time. Very nice, pretty quiet, reserved. Uh, and dropped her off. That was it. Kind words exchanged, and that was it. Well, this past weekend, I had picked her up again. I thought, man, and I had never picked her up at any time before until just a week before. And so this weekend, I picked her up again. And uh, from work, take, I take a lot of people to work or take them home from work. It's interesting. And so I picked her up from work, dropped her off. The same day I picked her up again. She gets in the car. She says, well, hello again. I said, well, hello again. She said, I've never had a double before. And now this is a triple. Her words, her words. I was like, that's interesting. I said, there's some people I picked up two, three, four times. But yeah, and I had never picked her up, like I just said, until a week before. And then this weekend, I picked her up the second and third time. And so I'm like, okay. She said, if, this is her words. If this turns into a quad, I know something's up. Her words. Well, Wednesday morning. The quad happened. The Lord was directing my steps. Right now, I want to give you another scripture and you have to go find it. This is the Bible. Says you, get, you get to take the words and go find it. The Lord said that you'll stand before men. I know he talked about standing before kings and synagogues, but standing before men. And he said, don't take any thought for what you're going to speak in that moment. The Holy Ghost. The indwelling spirit of God will tell you what to say. You know how hard that scripture is to live? Not because God's not able, but because it's hard not to take thought for what I'm going to say, isn't it? I mean, I know some people that take no thought for what they should, they're saying, but unfortunately, it's not the Holy Ghost. I've been guilty a time or two or 20. But when we're yielding to the Holy Ghost, we're not, and that's hard, right? Because we've all done this when the Lord's directing our steps. Okay, what should I say? Right? They say something or they, and we're like, okay, how do I want to respond to that? What's the, you know what you're doing? You're taking thought. You're reasoning. You're leaning on your own understanding. So I'm, I'm trying not to do that. I haven't succeeded in all that, but I'm working on it. I'm working on it, not taking thought, just so the quad is happening. <laughs> Ladies in the car, I'm taking her to work. And uh, here's the question. Questions are doors for you and I. Listen, don't let a question be an opportunity to just have a canned response. 
Bishop reminded me of that. Help me with that. Don't let it just be a canned response. Listen, I, a question says they want to hear from you. So she asked the question. So do you do anything besides Uber? Well, as a matter of fact, so I mentioned the church and she's like, oh, wow. She's pretty subdued, pretty reserved. Pretty, uh, so she's not saying much else. And I thought, well, I said, you know, we do. And I, you ever said something? You're like, why did I say that? <laughs> I should, and that's what makes us think we should think, take thought. But I did. I, I, as soon as it came out of my mouth, I'm like, why in the world did I start with that? That's like literally what was going on. Is this too honest? This is what's going on inside. But the Lord said, don't take any thought. Just so I, I'm like, I guess I was probably thinking about Brother Martin that morning coming back home. And I don't know. I don't know what. But anyway, I was like, oh, I know. So it's Wednesday. And I'm like, yeah, you know, we like to do anger management classes. And. Shy, reserved young lady in the back seat. And I'm literally, I'm thinking, why did I start with that? And so I'm trying to go on, right? And so I, 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 I mentioned a situation that, that we're aware of where we're, we're trying to see if maybe there's some way we can help a young lady that's, that's in prison right now that's going to be having a baby in 30 days. And so I'm, I'm talking about this situation, just, just trying to find things to, again, just stuff just coming out. It's not like it's a long ride. Now, it's, it's still a Wednesday morning. The Lord's directing my steps and see that we're almost to her job. And this is what she says. You know, I could use anger management classes. That's what I thought. But God is my witness. God is my witness. I don't, I, I'm not saying like I thought that like from a place of like, uh oh, I, I just was like, I was so caught off guard. I would have. And she said, I could use anger management classes. She says, I'm in the situation I am right now because of anger. I would have never thought from all four of the rides, but the Lord knew. I said, you know, you can take my card there if you'd like. She said, okay. She took one. Now, I don't know what she's going to do with it. I, I just think she'll scan the QR code or she'll go to the website or I, but I'm telling you, I've been praying and calling her name. Now I hadn't even made it to my nine o'clock place yet. I'm thinking, okay, Lord, you just keep directing. Here we go. But, oh, but now I got to go. Cause I got a nine o'clock at the credit, but I'm driving and I'm thinking about situations, circumstances, things going on. Obviously, there's been a lot happened since last Thursday. There's some of that's on my mind. I'm praying about some of those things, different people, different situations, talking to the Lord about that.
As I'm talking to the Lord about that, I begin to think about one of the police detectives that some of us know and that I know and have spent a lot of time with, and I'm sure that he's having to deal with much of that and thinking about him and praying for him. And I thought, man, I ought to call him. I'm like, I know I got to. And so I get down there to Union Gap. I run into Starbucks to get the coffee before I go to the branch, right? So run into Starbucks. I, they got my coffee ready. Isn't that great? And grab it. And, and as I grab it before I turn, I say, hey, Joel. Who do you think it is? It's a detective. Down in Union Gap. I've never seen him down at that end of town. What's he doing in Union Gap? He's a Yakima detective. There he is right there. I could say it. I said, man, I was just praying for you before I got here to Starbucks this morning. We start talking for just a few minutes. What's happening? The Lord's ordering my steps. He's establishing my goings. I didn't feel something when I hit the, you know, I didn't, ooh, this Starbucks, right? Oh, yeah, that's the one. We make it that way like God can't. God wants to use you. He so wants to use you that he said, if you'll acknowledge him, he'll direct your path. You and I just have to open our eyes, Brother Martin, spiritually, open our ears spiritually. I'm going to say it because it came to me. Get out of our phone and get our heads up and see who's around us. Be aware. Speak. I go to the credit union. There was quite a few interactions there. I could tell you about a new restaurant coming to town, but I get in trouble. And I get done there at the credit union. And I'm like, okay. And I, I just, I, you know, I'm like, since I'm down in Union Gap, I happen to know a hotel over here. And I know some people at that hotel. I think I might just whip in right there real quick. Get in trouble for saying this. I whip in there and I walk inside. I'm getting ready to ring. I like ringing the bell. I was going to slap it really hard, but I didn't. But now I told on myself, gee, Christine. And I hear, hey, Pastor. That's sort of weird. They saw me on the screen. So, I, gee, and Christina, I got to visit with them for a few minutes. They were like, we were just getting ready to start praying right now. We were getting ready to pray together. And they were like, this is weird. We looked up and you're up on the screen. I'm like, yeah, that is sort of weird. Now, it's sort of humorous, I know. None of that am I telling you, like, I felt the Holy Ghost saying, go here, go there, go here, go there, go here, go there. But the Lord told me he would direct my path. The word says he'll establish my goings. All of that was before noon. It's just the course of a day. And you have the course of a day that you walk through. And it looks different than the course of my day. But God is directing our paths if we'll acknowledge him.
He wants to establish our goings. Would you stand with me this morning or this evening? I don't know what day it is. I don't know what time it is. I don't. He would establish our goings. Hear me, please. Stop disqualifying yourself. God does not use perfect people. Aren't you thankful? That means all of us are qualified. But see, that's what the adversary makes us believe. Well, you're not perfect, so therefore, or you've got this problem, so therefore, well, what about this over here? That doesn't mean you got you can't you got to deal with those things. You got to where God deals with you. Got to, but I got to go today. Direct my path. Doesn't mean He's done working on me, but I'm not in the pit anymore. So I can talk to somebody that is. I'm not better than them. I've just progressed somewhere by the grace of God that I can reach to them and say, "Let me show you something. Let me tell you something. Let me," and let God use our lives. Every single day. It's Brother Gabe getting in a car and riding through the car wash with an elderly lady. God directing his steps. If that doesn't make any sense to you, you missed the story a Sunday or two ago. Talk to him and Sandra after church. Hear their stories. He'll direct our steps. His word says he will. And so we have to believe he does. This is why I could believe, and I'm not surprised. I'm rejoicing over this testimony and this witness of the word that we heard from Brother Martin. The Lord directed his step even on vacation. Sometimes on vacation, I disconnect. Well, you can disconnect from something, but don't disconnect from him. Purpose, I'm still with him. You still own me, right? I'm not my own. I've been bought with a price. Let him guide you. Can we talk to the Lord right where you are before we go? Would you be willing to acknowledge him and say, God, I give you permission and I'm asking you, according to your word, establish my goings. According to your word, direct my paths. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, come on, from the beginning to the end, from the Lord reaching to us about forgiveness, he's been directing our path even to this place this evening, and he'll direct it through the course of the day and the week and the month. Let's just trust him for today. Let's trust him for the next step. Let the Holy Ghost lead us and guide us. That doesn't mean we always understand where we're going, Lord, but we know you do. You know the way that I take. As Job declared, even when I don't know, Lord, you still know, and I trust you, and I give you full and complete 
permission. Order my steps according to your word. Guide my feet in your path. Direct us, Lord, according to your purpose and plan. Lead us to hungry hearts. Lead us to searching souls. Lead us, I pray, in the